said Every couple of weeks It's hard to feel so nice on the beat I kinda wish for you to see That you don't wanna mess with me Cause I am thinking skeleton And my blood is glittery Happy Tuesday, fair listeners. I hope you all had a wonderful weekend. I hope you were all celebrating the first weekend of Pride. And also, uh, I hope that you're, uh, you know, cleaned off from all the bloody shenanigans this weekend. Because if you are a Deathmatch fan, this was your weekend. Right, Don? Yep. It's Tournament Survival 8 weekend in Langit City. Oh, my goodness. The blood will fall on Atlantic City tonight. This was an entire weekend of Deathmatch Wrestling hosted by GCW at the Showboat in Atlantic City, uh, featuring Tournament of Survival 8, their, you know, one of their big, big events, one of the big annual events that is just all Deathmatch Wrestling. I mean, just like nonstop, just from the get-go, you've got, you've got so many light tubes, you could uh, light up an entire warehouse, you've got so many glass panes, so many panes of glass, and yes, these are real glass, not sugar glass, as a... Uh, rumored in various sources on the internet um this is clearly real glass uh what else did what else got featured there's some really nasty stuff in this tournament so i'm watching like the um the show on friday and i'm like or whichever the first day was my weekend's totally confused um (laughs) so um i was watching the tournament show and i'm like does Brett not know that there's going to be a light tube shortage pretty soon? Why are we using all these light tubes? Oh my God, so many light tubes, bundles of light tubes, light tube after light tube after light tube. Preserve the, the light s- tubes, they're going away. I feel like Tournament of Survival is one of the few shows I've, I, I can watch where I'm more likely to see someone get hit with a light tube than a chair. Like chair shots happen, certainly, but they don't feel as frequent as a light tube shot. Yeah, the light tubes are are um pretty much nonstop. Especially when you got Casey in there. Casey loves the light tubes. Oh my gosh, Casey's just all about them. Well, yeah. So this year's tournament of survival featured a all time record of women participating, um, and that record is three, which doesn't sound that impressive. But remember that, like you know, it's GCW. We we, we take our progress in in the baby steps that we need to take it. Right. And the way the Tournament of Survival works, actually, maybe, Don, maybe you should explain. Tournament of Survival isn't like your, like, typical, uh, you know, one-on-one individual, like, bracket tournament. This is, they do this fairly condensed, which is really nice because I think it would get uh, a little too intense for all the competitors involved if you were to do it in a more, like, traditional bracket style. But Tournament of Survival has three rounds. And can you ex- kind of explain, like, how the first round works? Um, yeah, basically you were getting your, um, your first round is going to be a three-way match, um, one fall, um, and then the second round is going to be like your traditional one-on-one match. You're going to have two of those matches and then your finals will just be, um, another one-on-one match. Basically in the finals, they will put everything they haven't broken in the ring and then, Hmm. uh, two best Two pests can basically just destroy each other. Yes. Uh, well, well summarized. Mm-hmm. So in the first round, 
we had uh, four three-way matches, the last of which was, featured all three of our women at the tournament. And those women were Casey Kirk, Sawyer Reck, and Rita Yamashita, the current GCW ultraviolet champion. So GCW, as we've talked about in the past, does have a like deathmatch belt. It makes sense for GCW. It makes sense to have a deathmatch specific belt. And Rena is the um, current title holder of this belt. However, in kind of a funny like irony, uh, she did not have to defend this belt at any point during this weekend. In a deathmatch specific weekend, the deathmatch belt never got up for contention. But I, I do think it was kind of Rena's weekend. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, like it kind of, it might have like added a little bit of spice to it if they would have like had her defend the belt through the whole tournament. Um, but I think just having that extra um, little carrot at the end with getting the um, the Cage of Survival match against Masha just might not have been needed. Yeah, I I, I agree. And um, I mean, this, I mean, you said it, this was Rena's weekend. This this whole tournament felt like it only really got like revved up to the extreme when Rena made her entrance for that first match. Mm-hmm. Um, there was definitely a lot of energy in the crowd. There was no shortage of like great talent on this card. Um, we had, you know, everybody from your GCW stalwarts, like Joey Janela and all the guys who were in the scramble match and et cetera, uh, Matt Tremont and um, to people like El Desperado and uh, Nick Gage, of course, you know, kicking things off in a, in a kind of a kind of a goofy fashion, honestly, with with the appearance of of um, John Zandig. Yes, I know. I'm like for some reason I was blanking out his first name. It, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't matter. You don't really need to remember him. No one I don't really need to remember him. This wasn't a particularly uh, dignified uh, attempt for him to be particularly relevant at this moment. But, you know, anything for the crowd to rally behind it, Gage. And then we had a series of three-way matches between the guys. And then, of course, now we have the last first-round match between Rena, Casey, and Sawyer. Um, what do you think of this first-round match, this three-way? Um, I thought it was, you know, great. I think thought it kind of looked like um um Sawyer might have got hurt like during the match because it looked like um the referee Starlet who was on the outside was taking a look at her and looks like she might have it was mostly Rena and Casey through like a lot of the end of the match um so um I think it looked like maybe like after the um it played spot like shortly after that she might have she might have got hurt a little bit um but yeah i thought um casey is one of my favorites she i know you love you saw some casey kirk i know you love casey she just busts her butt so bad like she's one of those people that like um you know just never given anything like never expected to do anything you know and she just you know takes every opportunity she gets and runs with it and I freaking love it and yeah, I, I was really impressed with her in this match I was really mm-hmm. really impressed with her in this match she um she's I mean both her and Rita look uh you know particularly petite when standing up against Sawyer but <laughs> 
Casey was definitely the smallest of the three. And she typically is one of the more like, you know, diminutive people in the roster, like in any given match in GCW. And she just always brings such energy and fire to it. You feel like you can't, like, I, I can't, I can never take my eyes off of her when she's in the ring. And like, not not saying this is a bad thing or anything like that, but like her fighting style isn't pretty. You know, <laughs> she just like she's one of them. She looks like she's in a street fight. You know, yeah, no, she she looks scrappy. You know what I mean? In the kind of the best case, in, in the best possible case of the word, like she looks scrappy. She looks like she's fighting. Um, she looks yeah, like she literally who, like, looks like she's fighting for her life whenever she's in a tough match. Yeah, it looks like if you were to, like, she gives off the vibe in when she's when she's wrestling that if you were to like come across this woman in a bar and like you got on her bad side, she would like follow you outside and kick your ass. Like, for real. <laughs> and I really like that energy because like it's not like hyper tough. It's just I don't know. There's something about it that's just like it, it, there's a true sense of potential danger with her. She feels like someone who could like really fight you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we all know that kind of. Yeah, and she's a perfect element to throw into this match because Rina, as as like as crazy hardcore as Rina Yamashita is, there is a control to her abilities that I'm really um, I'm really in awe of because it's it's this weird, calm, almost collected sense of being able to deliver these like you know really horrifically violent things. You know whether it's slamming you onto a bunch of light tubes or throwing you off a scaffolding into a pane of glass, like any number of things that she's doing, there still is this like kind of air of like controlled chaos with Rena. And then you have Sawyer, who's just all power, just so much power. So with yeah, those yeah, so like, yeah, Rena, she's like constantly in control. Like she knows mm-hmm. what she's got going on. And she always wants to control the match. And then, yeah, you have um, this um, Sawyer who could dominate anyone, man or woman, you know? Mm. And then you just have the chaos of peace. Yeah, I love I love that, those dynamics. And I, like I said with Rena, it's really fascinating to watch her work in these matches because it's just such a rare quality in deathmatch wrestling to see somebody who, like, who can almost seem calm in the midst of such bloody mayhem. It's really, it's really neat. And it casts such a spell. And I think it's one of the reasons why the crowd just absolutely loves Serena because I don't know, there's, there's a sense that no matter what you're watching her do, she's going to be okay. Like she's going to be victorious. Yeah. And I don't, I didn't think that any point during this tournament, there was like anyone else that you were like, they might take it. You know what I mean? I mean, like, you kind of, like, thought John Wayne Murdoch might be able to, or, like, maybe, like, at the beginning, Tremont. But, um, I mean, other than that, especially once Rena got past her first round match, you, you kind of mm-hmm. got the feeling it was her weekend. Yeah, I, I, once she won this one, I was pretty darn sure. I was, I was kind of thinking it was going to go to Tremont, and then Tremont didn't make it past the first round, and I was really shocked. And the minute he didn't make it past the first round, um, I, I, and Rena did, I was like, I feel like it's Rena's time. I think mm-hmm. it's just, I think it's, I think it's Rena's time. I think they really want to showcase the the treasure that they have with her. I think also 
the ultraviolet champion winning the tournament of survival makes that belt seem extra, extra important, right? Mm -hmm. It makes that deathmatch belt seem like the actual, like, you know, the top of the heap when it comes to deathmatch wrestlers. It does make, it does make a sense, even though the belt wasn't defended in this, in this tournament or even the next day, it makes sense for your, for your ultraviolet champion to be your tournament of survival champion. It just does. And I mean, she's, she's carried that belt for, it seems like a while at least. And she's been pretty much your top deathmatch wrestler for, I would say probably the past year at least, you know? So um, yeah, it totally makes sense. Yeah. Well, so the, the other, that was thing, the other thing I wanted to bring up about this match that I did, like, it kind of sounds like a bad thing, but I kind of love from the fans point, uh, point of view. There was a, there was a spot that the, that was missed a little bit and <laughs> the fans turned on it a little bit, which I kind of liked because it shows that they expect these women to be just as freaking good as the men. You know, they're not, they didn't just like go like, oh, you know, they didn't hit that, whatever. But, you know, it, it kind of turned a little bit and then, you know, they got back into the match. But um, I think, you know, the deathmatch fans expect as much out of Rena, Casey and Sawyer as they do out of Tremont or John Wayne Murdoch. And I think that's pretty awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so we move from this first round matchup to the semifinals matches. Um, there were was another set of those, and including the semifinal match between Rina Yamashita and Toru Segura. This one, while the women's three-way took a took a took a minute or two to really get going with lockups and everything, uh, this one, um, they just basically just chased each other with tubes for the first like two minutes. Yeah, I think they're they're very familiar with each other. Um, so yeah, they didn't they didn't really waste too much time. No, it was fantastic. This is one of those this is one of those death matches where like there really is no buildup. It's literally just like I'm coming at you with these tubes. I'm coming at you with these with these light tubes. I'm coming at you with my fists. And um, I mean, almost immediately, Rena's breaking a tube over Taurus' head, and um, like then 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 doing a like crossbody with the tube on to him. Um, and can we just shattered. say Rena can do everything? Like, Rena can just pretty much do everything. Like, <laughs> like pretty much can, anything. If you want her to do a technical match, she could do it. If you want her to do a lucha match, if you want her to do a death match, like, she could do anything. Yeah, I mean, she definitely has elements that she excels in more than others. And there were probably, there was one or two spots in this match where I was like, I don't know if it's like fatigue or like blood loss or they're just like, there, it's just a, a missed a miscommunication or misbeat or whatever. There were a couple like spots in this where I was like, it didn't quite go as fluidly as it should have. But that's really splitting hairs when you're talking about you know a match where um, they're just literally just like carving away at each other with broken glass. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a long segment in this match where uh, Segura was was dominating. Um, you know, Rena kind of starts off really, really strong and then he takes over. And so it leads to some really fantastic comeback moments, including, as mentioned earlier, uh, the moment where she throws him off a scaffolding into a plate of glass. Which actually was one of the moments where it was kind of like there was a little like there was a little misbeat where he had to kind of propel himself and it was obvious in the stream. But like, again, it doesn't matter. No, <laughs> you don't you don't watch 
it's something I'm coming to, to terms with with deathmatch wrestling is that like you don't watch it for any sense of believability, right? And you're not watching it for like you know peak athletics or peak. You're you're watching it for a certain amount of catharsis and watching it for a certain amount of awe in which you can see these these wrestlers, these athletes and wrestlers like just take themselves to such a violent limit and and walk away. And there's something really like beautifully cathartic about that. But I also think there, um, you know, deathmatch, deathmatch actually today is so much better than it was, um, say like early 2000s, because like a lot of the people wrestling back then, it was a lot of, you know, I hit you, you hit me, you know, mm-hmm. type of deal. Whereas yeah. now you have a lot more storytelling. Um, you have a lot more athleticism in your deathmatch wrestlers. Um, so I think it, um, yeah, it's not for everybody, but I think a lot of people, you know, that might be turned off a little bit of it, just to just think it's just like people hitting each other. Um, you know, if they do sit down and watch it, you know, they can enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, I think deathmatch wrestling still has kind of the reputation amongst doubters of and haters of being, you know, like garbage wrestling and just, you know, people cutting each other up for the sake of cutting each other up. And like, that's absolutely can be true for a lot of deathmatch wrestling. But I think that when you watch the matches, especially in the tournament survival, especially when you watch something like this match against Sakura um, between Rita and Sakura, like this is just, this has a build to it at certain points. It it does start off really, really fast and, and does start off violent on the get-go, but it does build. There are builds in all of these matches. And that's something that you really need to emphasize with with death matches because otherwise it does just end up being like you know however many minutes whether it's five or ten or fifteen of guys just throwing trash can lids at each other and chairs and tubes and stuff like that um there needs to be some form of arc in these matches and i do think that every single one that i watched in this in the tournament survival did do that it helps when you have people who know how to do it right like it helps when you have wrestlers who like not only know how to you know wrestle deathmatch style, but also do it well and do it often and can can tell a story with it. Yeah, and these are, I mean, this tournament's the best of the best. You know, yes. everyone in this tournament was top-notch. But I, I, I've, of the three matches we will see with Rena in this night, this is, I, this one against Segura, like, this one is absolutely my favorite. I, just, I think... Yeah, I really, I just, I really like their chemistry. They like, they have really good in-ring chemistry. I think she had a great match with the other women in round one. And obviously the the final match is fantastic. But this one, for whatever reason, really worked for me. That's cool. I'm a huge John, yeah, so, Murdoch, I'm a huge John Wayne Murdoch fan. So <laughs> I thought definitely the finals was mine. <laughs> okay, so well, Rena put... Toru, uh, you know, away with another uh, Splash Mountain, as is her as is her go-to finisher. So how she as got is tradition. Know, as is tradition, she got it. She got Casey and Sawyer down with that as well. So let's let's move on to the finals match then. John Wayne Murdoch versus GCW Ultraviolet Champion Rita Yamashita. I I mean oh. I just thought this was an incredible match. You know, I think it's two of the best that are doing it right now and um you know john wayne murdoch is one of the top guys and especially if you need someone to um for the crowd to hate at the moment john wayne murdoch is very good at doing that too so um yeah just loved it god the the 
the sequence in this when he has her in a submission hold and like breaks a tube over his own leg using the end to like cut her Mm -hmm. like my god that whole segment was really really well done there are so many interesting moments in this where like we're wrestling entwines with just brutal like you know with like bloodletting violence and Murdoch is really, really good at being able to play these moments with like absolute like heel menace. Um, and Rena, again, with that like that weirdly calm air where like even when she is struggling and, and suffering, like we have this sense that she is going to come out of it. Like we just do. Like, yeah, it seems like both of these wrestlers are kind of sol- ah, cerebral. In as much as a deathmatch wrestler can be, you know, <laughs> it seems like they really like have a plan out of you know like how to put these weapons to um to the best effect or like what's they always thinking about what to do next and stuff like that. And a lot of times you don't see that even in traditional matches, let alone death matches. Yeah, you really, you really don't. I think that that and that element of it is underrated. But when you can see that on display in a in a death match, and when you can see it on display in a match like this, where it's the culmination of a major death match tournament, it, it just adds something extra to it that you need once you get through all these matches. I mean, at this point in the night, we've seen how many matches, right? We've watched how many guys get beamed in the head with light tubes and 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 thrown through glass and and cut up with oh my god, the board with the cans. Mm, yeah that's loud. oh my god like so we've seen all kinds of, of violence from like your your fundamental deathmatch violence to your to your cartoonish absurd versions what you need by the end of it is you need some good old-fashioned like actual like mental storytelling you need some you you do need a cerebral take on the death on on the deathmatch style and both of these wrestlers can do that and, and like yeah john wayne murdoch did that great um Last year, we went into um, Cage of Survival with his um, series of matches against Alex Cologne, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's 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 true. So, like, you know, Murdoch is a tested hand in this, and obviously Rina is as well. This was a really, really great match. I think I think the only reason the Segura one really like edges over for me is just I I I loved their chemistry, and I love and I felt like it was a the right the right pace, the right timing. I don't know. It just, it just scratched the right itch for me, but this one, that is not to diminish this one at all. This was a great finals. And of course, uh, Rita emerges victorious. Um, Murdoch gets this just insane one count kick out after she gives him a massive splash, mm-hmm. but she catches him off guard with another one and boom, matches over. Everybody is on their feet. It's super exciting. And then there was a little bit of like post-match shenanigans. With uh, our freedoms guys oh. celebrating with Rena in the ring, and you know, they uh, they helped Murdoch, but you know, they they she had to make the save for him when they started beating him down, and uh, then a man in a mask appears, and he look. And at first, he seems like he's gonna be there to save her. And you know, at first, I'm thinking, oh, it's brave on Blake Christian, uh, you know, DCW's mm-hmm. douchebag, but um. Then it didn't, but like the body type did not fit either him or um, the uh, GCW's other douchebag, Cardona. Um, so. <laughs> I kept waiting for Cardona to make an appearance on this one, but I don't believe he did. Correct? No, no, he might have been working somewhere else that day. Yeah, impossible. No, who was this mysterious uh, man in the mask? Um, June. June. 
That's right. Legend. Freedom's wrestler. Um, so are we are we thinking maybe whenever they go to Japan, we're gonna get um June against um Rena? I would like to see that. I'll be curious um how that plays out. Um I didn't I even know he was so- in the country. <laughs> maybe I'm just not paying attention. <laughs> I didn't either. Um, if the GCW guys had a hand in keeping that quiet, then they are re- getting really good at that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'll be curious when they go to Japan to see. And um, right now, yeah, so GCW is going to be returning to Japan um, in July. They're going to be touring July 18th and the 20th. And they announced that Masha Slamovich, Sawyer Rack, and both members of Los Mazios, uh, Cyclope and Miyota Extremo, all four will be um, joining GCW on the upcoming tour of Japan. So that's going to be happening late in July. Um, so far, Rena hasn't been announced for that, but it could only be a matter of time. It feels weird if she wouldn't be. Um, so yeah, we could see that payoff at a match in Japan or maybe just continuation. Um, but it was really cool to see because I in the building and obviously everybody went really best for it. Yeah, and I would... Um... Yeah, Masha, I don't think it's been in Japan since um the um the pandemic, whenever she was stuck there for a little bit. Um, so it's been about three years for her. Um, Sawyer just made her first trip, say like a month or month or two ago, and had the um first death match in um um TJPW history. That is insane to me. Good for <laughs> Good for Sawyer bringing the good, uh, the good deathmatch wrestling to TJP. <laughs> it's been a uh, long past due. <laughs> well, so I feel like we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about um, just briefly what happened the night after Tournament of Survival. So Rena is our Tournament of Survival eight champion. She is still ultraviolet champion as well. And this win of the tournament gets her a shot against Masha for the GCW championship, which happens the very na- next day. Cage of Death 2. No, 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 not Cage of Death. Beta made that oh, mistake no. too. Cage of Survival. Cage of Death. <laughs> Cage of Death was the other guys. <laughs> Cage of Death, Cage of Survival, Cage, Tournament of Survival, Cage of Survival, Cage of Death Survival. Death Survival Cage. She just changed everything from death to survival. I can't, I, I will never forget Cage of, I will never remember Cage of Survival. It will only be Cage of Death to me. <laughs> they didn't, they did a very good job because all the old like, Cage of Deaths were pretty crazy. So like, um, they, I thought they did a, they did a pretty good job with the cage here. I have not caught um, most of this show, but I did, I did make a point to watch uh, Masha versus Rena for the championship, um, which becomes, which is the main event. And yeah, um, fantastic match, obviously, but maybe a little overshadowed by shenanigans mid match. Oh, can we go to the earlier part of the show too? We got some women's stuff in there. That's pretty cool. Oh, catch me up, Don, because I haven't okay. gotten the early part yet. So we opened the show with a surprise match that wasn't announced. We had um Denai Kai against Maki Ito, which was um a really cool match. Um, 
Maki did get the um the win with the DDT off the second rope. But um then after that match, the um the deathmatch royalty, um Matt Cardona, the self-proclaimed deathmatch king, has only been in one deathmatch. And um Steph Delander, who is now the women's internet champion and the deathmatch queen, even though she's never been in a deathmatch. Um, so they attacked, um, they attacked Maki Ito, which, um, of course, brought out Maki's, Maki's new friend, um, Nick Gage. So... Ah, um, uh, yes. <laughs> I mean, she's gang affiliated, so, like, you can't, you can't pick on one gang member without getting, you know, no. getting in trouble with the whole gang. No. Oh, you don't want to pick on little Omakito because then, then the gang leader is going to come. That's right. That's right. Fair enough. So then that led to the Kirks coming out, and we had the um the deathmatch royalty against the Kirks, um, which again is a cool um cool thing to see Brandon and Casey in the ring with. Um, I mean, I think we can definitely call Cardona and Steph Cardona five star right yes yeah absolutely i mean that's that's their role here and they they milk it for all it's worth i mean i can't i can't say enough about like what steph has done in that role just like immediately as soon as she came to the space like i think the first show was that um that aiw show and like she immediately just made like a huge impact and like they were off and running from there with Cardona, Cardona and Steph. And I think they just work together so great. They do. They have really fun chemistry. Um, Cardona made a joke about um, Steph someday turning on him um, uh, in reference to the like famous like Sherry Martell turning on Macho Man and getting, you know, uh, bringing Miss Elizabeth back into action that way. And there is like a very funny like macho man sherry martell like um sensational sherry like vibe with the two of them where yeah, like I, I saw it more as like a triple h in china thing I, I, I can see that too there's yeah a little bit of both because I would so say. big you know <laughs> well yeah because I've, yeah well yeah absolutely but she also has um not to ch- i don't know i don't i don't want to say this and make it sound like china didn't have personality she definitely had personality but mm-hmm. like Steph matches that like powerhouse build and that um that like kind of uh, bodyguard esque role that China fulfilled for Triple H with the personality and swagger and swerve and and like that kind of like bitchy sassiness that that sensational Sherry has. Mm-hmm. So she kind of is bringing both. Mm-hmm. And Cardona's not macho man, but I can see that chem- that kind of similar chemistry of somebody who is like a charismatic and like full of himself performer matched with somebody who is like. Who is kind of who's a woman, but tougher than him. <laughs> and like she's she's big. Like whenever you whenever like PC came up to her, like PC was like at her chest. Like stuff. Well, yeah. Steph's a pretty we, big woman. We've had this conversation before about Steph because when Steph and Sawyer have been like anywhere near each other, it's it's a like even. Yeah, and, and when Steph was standing next to Brandon, they were about the same too. And Brandon's yeah. not not short at all. 
<laughs> so they did um yeah so in this match they did a cool um thing where um like brandon was like running around the ring you know picking up speed to get at staff and staff did a cool um ounce and um brandon like flew into the crowd which which looked pretty cool and like showed off you know how strong staff is so um so the cardone uh, i want to say the cardone the cardona and staff got the win in that match um by you know shenanigans with um sdl hitting um casey over the head with the, the women's internet championship so um and then after mm -hmm. the match cardona grabbed some light tubes and he was gonna hit casey with them but guess who comes out to the ring? Oh, who? Maki Ito and Nick Gage come to save oh. the day. Maki oh, smashes a bundle of light tubes over the head of Cardona, which, of <laughs> course, is amazing, right? They still had light tubes left, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so, like, like, it's so funny, though, because, like, I'm... Like over in Japan, Maki's still like regular sweet Maki, right? I mean, uh, well, she's not, you know, she's not like gang. <laughs> she's not cutting she, people she, open with like pizza cutters or anything. I mean, no, not exactly. But Maki Ito, if any of the TJP girls were going to become gang affiliated and suddenly start wielding pizza cutters, uh, Maki Ito is definitely chief among them because. Of all the TJP uh, roster, she is arguably the one with the worst attitude. Okay. I mean, like, Hyper I mean, Miso, she's like an evil superhero. Though. She is, yeah. I'm still not entirely used to her being evil. <laughs> <laughs> she's good. But, I mean, she's kind of like Dan Housen, I guess. Very good, very evil. Mm-hmm. She's not good at evil, but she is like beloved. Right. So let's so, chat. Um, let's yeah, talk so, very briefly about the main event here because um, Rita's cashing in. She is challenging Masha for the championship. And, you know, the match is going as hard as you would expect it to between the two of them. Uh, I, I'm just such a silly thing, but like I do love Masha coming out in a cowboy hat. <laughs> There's something very endearing about that. <laughs> so um yeah, like I was like going through that match, I thought it was just freaking amazing. Um like before the shenanigans started, I like had a, I literally had my TV pause like writing down match of the year candidate. So like I thought like it was about as good as a death match as you're gonna see, just um just not violence for violence sake you know everything seemed to mean something yes yes 100 percent. and again it's one of those things where this crowd a lot of them the same people who were at the tournament survival the night before um you know a lot of them have, you know they've been sitting through hours and hours and hours of deathmatch wrestling so like how do you make a match that is going to go hard go bloody go go right to it but still be compelling for the crowd to watch it's such a it's such a big trick to pull off. Yeah, and I think these are definitely the two people that, that you two of the people that you want to do it. 
because, um, yeah, like I said, they're both very good at, um, you know, different kinds of styles. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, Masha, um, I was surprised Rena actually had the crowd behind her most of the match. Yeah, she really did. I mean, th- this crowd was a deathmatch crowd, right? Mm-hmm. This is a yeah. crowd that is that is here for the deathmatch. And if they're going to pick their champion, their new potential champion, Rena's going to be it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you can't blame them when you're seeing things like I just rewatched the spot where she's on the top rope and she hits Masha with a crossbody on the pane of glass. Mm-hmm. Like that should look dumb, right? Oh, the one where she Any... was like laying on the um the the part of the cage that was like kind of vertical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that mm-hmm, was a mm-hmm. great spot. It's a great spot, and it's a spot that should not work because of how absolutely insane it is right it looks like a bad idea and, yet and they were having trouble it. with the class too so like yeah. i don't even know if that spot was like planned because they tried to break that pain before if i'm if i'm remembering correctly and it didn't break so then mm-hmm. they set it on that um on that piece of the cage and yeah you just had that amazing spot with um rena coming off of the ropes onto um Masha, who's laying on the glass and just scattered everywhere. Yeah, it's such an interesting angle that she's hitting her from that it doesn't feel like it should have succeeded the way that it does, and yet it works. It works so well, and because it, it, if they were trying, if if this was a matter of um, utility and not necessarily planned, they did this as well as you possibly could do it because it doesn't look safe, but you can tell it's about as safe as it can be. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's something that um yeah, I think these two these two are very good at like just making it look absolutely insane while being safe, you know. Yeah, absolutely. So we're getting this great match. We're getting this like potential death match of the year match, and then what happens? So then um so we had so we had that awesome spot, and then they um they go up to the scaffolding at the top of the scaffolding. And um, they both go go off of the scaffolding through two doors, and they're both on the um on the mats. Whenever you see this cameraman who's been filming the the match the whole time, um, kind of get rid of his camera and go in the ring. He's covered up, and then um he takes off his mask, and it is this um. What do we want to call him? Just a really horrible person? Really a annoying person. scumbag. I'm, I'm like a, just a scumbag? Yeah, scumbag. I think that's the word. Yeah. It's this massive scumbag, Blake Christian, comes in the ring. And he has basically he won the, um, what was it, the golden ring? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what, from, at, at, yeah, at spring break. At spring break. So basically like the... Um, money in the bank where he could cash it in at any time so um he goes to the ref and says it's now a three-way um and then he goes ahead and um stomps masha head first into the door gets a quick pin on her and we have new champion and of course if we have an asshole win the championship in a city we got trash going in the ring 
Oh yeah. Oh yeah. GCW fans are not shy about trash in general, but especially in this moment. Okay, because because not only does Blake Christian come in and take this match over, he takes it at a moment where both of these competitors are like covered in blood and clearly like he is he is exploiting a vulnerable moment for both of these these champions. But he's he's also doing this to the current GCW champion, Masha. And the ultraviolet champion Rena, who just won tournament of survival, he's doing this to two arguably like fa- absolute, just absolute favorites for the GCW crowd. So nothing could have been played stronger here. If if the goal was to get Blake Christian pelted with trash to the point where he was being chased out of the building, they succeeded. And um, yeah, it seems like that's where they do all the like, big championship win wins and oh, yeah. like steady like. That's when um, RSP won the belt. That's when um, Cardona <laughs> won the belt. Yes, that's where Cardona won the belt. Famously trash, trash thrown. <laughs> yeah, but they both got trashed. But I think I mean, like, the RSP one was a little bit more like of uh, like angry, where like the Cardona and Blake ones were like, oh, let's have fun and throw trash. You know? Because mm-hmm. Blake's hated, but it's more like, like it's kind of fun, like when Blake goes to the crowd and just like kind of poses with them as they're flipping them off, you know. Like everyone's just kind of has fun with them, even though, like, yeah, he's a ditch. Yeah, I mean, there is a sense where he at least belongs to GCW in a way that maybe like Cardona didn't at the time of winning, right? Like, mm-hmm. like Christian for all of the things that you can hate about him, and there's so many things you people can rightfully hate about him. Um, he does feel like a GCW person. Like he does feel like a permanent GCW roster. He feels of the promotion. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't, you know, doesn't make it any better. And he's still very hateable, but at the very least, there is a sense where he's like in on it in a way that maybe even Cardona wasn't. Now I have at a that question. time. I have Cardona a now yeah. is it's different. <laughs> Okay. Where do you where do you see the women in GCW going now? Do you think Mosh is going to slow down on being in GCW with um maybe like with her impact schedule? I could see Masha doing a little bit more intense time with Impact, especially now that Jordan Grace is leaving. Oh, I didn't now know that. that we yeah yeah Jordan Grace will be departing Impact, and if that's the case, there's a little bit of a vacuum of power right now, and they're going well, you to got, you need... got Trinity there now, though. <laughs> you do. You absolutely do. You have Trinity there. No, no question. Um, but Masha has definitely been pulling her weight in Impact, and I think it would be um, it would behoove them to give her more to give her even more to do amongst the Knockouts division. Um, not that they haven't; they've given her lots of great showcases. She's been just killing it over there. Um, it makes sense for them to double down on their investment with her. Um, so. It's possible she might slow down with GCW a little bit, but then again, she's been announced for their Japan tour. Um, I don't think that this this story, but like of her losing the belt to Blake, ends here. Obviously, so mm-hmm. yeah, I I'm not worried about her getting lost in the shuffle. That's for sure. And um, I mean, you still have um, like Maki Ito. You still have Rena, which I mean, um, I think they're basically whenever they're in the country, they're going to be on GCW shows. You know, and um, Steph's be- become a major part. And um, of course, you still have um, 
um, Sawyer Rack and um, Ali Catch, who are pretty much, you know, always going to be there too. So um, I think, you know, while it was a little bit disappointing that, you know, Masha lost the belt, um, I thought she had a great title run. Um, mm -hmm. All the matches were amazing. All her title matches were amazing. Um, I, yeah, I, have, they... I have her against Speedball probably as my match of the year right now. Oh. <clears throat> Is it? Yeah, that's that's one, absolutely one of the one of mine as well. And they did a great job of selling this on commentary, but it, it is worth affirming. Like Masha was a was framed very much as a fighting champion, so this wasn't somebody who was dodging dodging challenges. She was facing them head on in that typical, you know, like very you know steely face style. And I, I think that this run, you could we she can be very proud of the work that she did while being GCW champion. And again, I don't think the story is over for her. There's challenges. There's a there's certainly grounds for a rematch. Um, I'm curious to see how long they they ride out with Blake having this belt now. And I want like every GCW champion has done death matches. I don't mm -hmm. think Blake's ever done one. So like that'll be interesting to see like if they'll do any. Um, I mean the the one that would be you know, off the top that I would say would be Rena because cost Rena title too. So like, I mean, if he's going to do one, I would probably want it to be that. But um, yeah, I would think like Blake against Masha would be like probably a more traditional match. Yeah, I think so too. Um, but it'll be interesting to see like what, what this brings out of Blake. Um, if he is GCW champion long enough to have to like you know, start getting fluent in the ways of deathmatch because he uh, he is not as of yet. Mm -hmm. Well, overall, um, between Tournament of Survival and Cage of Survival, survival <laughs> um, how are you feeling about GCW moving into a very busy summer for them? Um, I thought the I thought the weekend was great. I thought um, those shows. Um, you know, I think they have great heels now, which they have had problems with in the past. Um, mm -hmm. Cardona and SDL are, you know, always going to be great heels. Um, so is um, Blake. So I think that was kind of like one of their weak spots before. And um, that's been covered. So I think, they're, I think they're in good hands. I think Blake should have a decent heel run as the belt. with the belt. So um, I think they're looking pretty good. Yeah. I think it's interesting to move into this, uh, to, to an era of an, uh, heel champion again. Mm -hmm. Um, and it still leaves a lot of women in good places. Hopefully, um, we'll see what the, what the it is for Masha going forward. Um, we certainly know we'll see her in Japan, but I'll be interested to see what they do with her in that lead up. And Rena still is our ultra violent champion. So can't take that away from us just yet. So yeah, I guess we will um we'll see what's going on. But I'm I don't always watch a ton of GCW like back to back. So this was a fun excuse to like make a weekend of uh, a lot of blood and guts wrestling. <laughs> yes. Well, that is our show for this week, Don Hallowell. How can people find you? And very importantly, find your weekly write-up of women's wrestling. 
Um, yes, I am at um, Don Hollowell one on Twitter, and I have been um, putting out um, weekly recaps, um, usually coming out every Monday um, on pwponderings.com, and I recap all of the news and all of the results of the women's matches that have gone on that past week. That is right. It's essential reading for anyone who is a lover of women's wrestling. So be sure to check out Don's column. It will tell you everything you need to know about what you may have seen or have not seen yet and need to catch. Um, I make an appointment reading every week, so you should as well. And speaking of appointment reading, make sure to check us out, Grit and Glitter, on Twitter and Instagram, Grit Glitter Pod. And if you're really feeling like spending some extra time with us, don't forget we've got a Patreon, patreon.com slash gritglitterpod, where we post, oh, if you become a member of our Patreon, you get weekly newsletters. So you can read, like, my thoughts about watching New Japan Dominion this past Sunday morning. Um, I became a fan back in 2018, so five years ago. And what really clinched my fandom for New Japan was watching Dominion in 2018. And so five years later, me having become a little distanced from what used to be the only promotion I really cared about, um, I am starting to come back into the fold. And you can read all about that in our weekly newsletter by subscribing to our Patreon at the $1 or $5 level, or or $5 and $10 level, I actually, sorry, hardly always remember what the levels are. Anyway. Subscribe and you'll get a weekly newsletter plus bonus podcasts, including women's wrestling entertainment, where Harley and I trace the history of women in the WWE, um, our defunct, but hopefully coming back soon, Great Glitter and Glow podcast with me and the amazing uh, seamstress to the wrestling stars, Val Quartz, where we cover the Netflix series of Glow and work in a lot of uh, the actual Glow history into it as well, plus other things as we feel the desire to drop them. And remember, when you subscribe to the Grit and Glitter Patreon, not only are you supporting us and giving us money to cover our podcasting fees, but you're also giving us money to put right back into the wrestling ecosystem. We frequently sponsor independent promotions like Enjoy Wrestling, Wrestlers Lab, and others. We just did a couple of promotions out west to promote um, to sponsor. So giving when you guys subscribe to us, you give us money to do that. And then they get to create more wrestling that you love. And so everybody wins. It's a win, win, win. So give us your money so we can give it to them. Patreon.com slash GritterPod. Next week, we've got more women's wrestling coverage. And we will talk to you again soon. And uh, soon enough, it'll be me and Harley back in Pittsburgh where he belongs back home with us, not home. It's not his home. He lives in Toronto. He always has lived in Toronto, but it's our home, me and Dawn's, and uh, we'll be bringing our boy back to go to enjoy. So um, catch that very, very soon featuring on the podcast.